0: Family, Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Let's start with some good news. Our good news story this week focuses on Chef Q Ibrahim, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. I picked this story up on CNN Heroes. The original article is titled, When the Pandemic Brought Her Business to a Halt, This Chef Tackled Food Insecurity with Farm-to-Table Meals. And that article was written by Laura Claremont. The story focuses on Chef Q. Ibrahim. I went to her website, checked out some of the things she's doing. First, I found her to be a very interesting, inspiring individual. She's been running uh, what's called Underground Dining, an Underground Dining Supper Club in Evanston, Illinois, which if you're unfamiliar, that's the Chicago area. It's kind of part of the greater Chicago land area. And the underground dining, the way I understand it, that's not something that we have locally where I live, is kind of these pop-up restaurant experiences where people can come in and it would, the locations would change and it would be sort of a special event type of supper club, which seems very cool anyway. But it appears it's kind of a higher-end sort of thing, you know, fairly expensive for the meal, couple courses, that sort of thing. And when the pandemic really shut things down, Chef Ibrahim wanted to support her community and help people who were struggling with food insecurity. So she started a program called Kids with Coworkers. I really like that name because the co-workers in the title refers to the parents, guardians, adults with whom kids were now spending time at home. And that's kind of a just a fun way to frame it because a lot of people were working from home, some still are, that these kids are now at home with their co-workers. And based on the information in the article... This program has provided something like 60,000 meals to over 600 people who were struggling with food insecurity or have been struggling with food insecurity throughout the pandemic. That's an amazing thing. We've featured a couple different organizations who have dealt with food insecurity During the pandemic. And I guess I'm just sort of drawn to that concept. Because there is something so. Essential. And basic. About feeding someone. About providing a meal for someone. And I know that. I have a strong personal connection to that. My children and I. Spend a lot of time when we come home at night after our busy schedule, we like to really prepare food and do it together and sit down at the dinner table and spend an hour eating supper together because it is a communal experience. And there's, I, I think just something so so basic and human about preparing food. And sharing that with others. It's a very humanizing thing. So I really like that. Chef Q. Mentions that. The way she phrased it is food is my ultimate expression of love. That's such a wonderful thing to share with people. However we express our love. Is an important thing to share. If you want to check out more on what Chef Q Ibrahim is doing, go to chefqibrahim.com, and that is spelled chef, C-H-E-F-Q, just the letter Q, and then Ibrahim, I-B-R-A-H-E-E-M.com. And the other things I thought about when reading this story and checking out Chef Ibrahim's website was just the idea of helpers. I love Mr. Rogers. That's something that Fred Rogers would often talk about. In challenging situations, look for the helpers. That there are always people who are willing to and eager to step up and help others. That's such an important thing for us to look at in troubling times. And it's Been a difficult time for a long time for many people. And it's easy to become jaded and bitter when we see things in the media, we see opposing views, we see so much anger and viscera out in the world. It's important for us to remember that there are helpers, that there are people who just want to lend themselves and their skills to others and that we too can be that. And we've featured a few stories on here that deal with people who have stepped up during the pandemic. And I continue to think that. I think I've had this thought since the beginning of the pandemic that this could be such an opportunity for us to unite and come together and i think some people in some ways have but i also think we see a lot of the division there's so much division between political views and even things like vaccinations and i'm not i'm not trying to comment on anyone's opinions or perceptions but i think if we go through this pandemic that we've been in for a long time and we only find more division what a terrible lost opportunity that will be that is really tragic Because this is something that is impacting so many people around the world. It's something that's changed the way we live. And it could be something that unites us and reminds us that we are so very similar. And that we still can disagree. And that we can have thoughtful discussions and arguments but that in the most essential human ways we are so similar and this is a way that we can unite and come together and help each other so that's our good news story for this week this is family time 75 and we're talking about our goals we're moving from our focus on self-awareness, which we'll circle back to later, and moving toward self-management. And first, I have to say, over the first two weeks of our school year, where we do these family time activities and have these discussions in class, we've just had some wonderful discussions. For me, this has really been... The best thing I've done in education. Not that it's perfect. I'm always trying to get a little better at addressing the social-emotional needs of my students. But the longer we've done it, the easier it's gotten to have open discussions in class. When we started doing it, a lot of students didn't want to talk about these things in class. They would email me with responses, and I would have these very... Thoughtful and impactful responses from students. And I would try to encourage the students to share those things in class because I thought so many students were just hitting on these really beautiful and brilliant ideas. And it can be scary to share those things. But I think they were hitting a lot of things that other students were certainly feeling. And I was getting those responses. I could see that. Many students are feeling the same things and they have a lot of great thoughts and feelings and ideas connected to all of it. And it's just gotten easier over time for us to have discussions in classrooms where now more students want to just talk about it in class than send me a message or something. And that's great because it leads to a lot of different things. For instance, last week we were talking about core values. It was powerful to hear students pick out their Corvettes and it helps me so much know who the students are on a deeper and more meaningful level. Where it's not just looking at maybe activities that they're in, interests, but how students define themselves and who they think they really are at a core personal level. And a lot of times we just come up with some great conversation pieces. One that struck me last week was we got talking about the difference between being respectful and respecting someone, which I thought was just a brilliant concept and an important thing to differentiate. We talked about the importance of being respectful to everyone about recognizing other people's differences, their individuality. We discussed that there's not really good reasons to be rude to people or be cruel to people. But then we also talked about the importance of standing up for ourselves and advocating for ourselves and how we do that in a respectful way. And then we talked about what it means to be respectful and what it means to really respect someone. In class, we sort of decided that respect is something that's only earned. That we can still be respectful toward people and not necessarily respect the way that they do things. And maybe we disagree with some people on ethical and moral levels. Where respect is something that's that's earned by the way that people go about business. By the way, by the characteristics we see in them and appreciate. That was a great conversation that we had in class. That ties into everything we talk about. In terms of social-emotional learning, that ties in with everything in the world, that ties in with our pursuit of empathy, something we're always talking about. So these discussions have been great. And now we want to focus on what are some tangible self-management strategies that we can start to implement. And we're going to start with goals. I want all of you to have goals and aspirations. I want you to have Things you're pursuing. That's an important part of living a happy, peaceful, fulfilling life is having opportunities for growth. Having those dreams, those ideals to chase. So that's what I want from you this week. I want you to identify around three goals. Could be a little more, could be less if you've got a couple of very specific things you want to focus on. But three is a pretty good number for what we're doing. But I want you to identify these goals. And I'm calling them goals, but it could be maybe it's some big dream you have. Maybe it's a particular aspect of yourself on which you want to focus. That's fine. I, I don't want to limit it to a, oh, I would like to accomplish this specific thing. But I want you to pick three areas of focus. Three, we'll call them goals. Then I want you to break down a couple things about those goals. First, what are some of the potential obstacles that may keep you from achieving those goals? Or that may make achieving those goals more difficult? So for each one, try to pick out some obstacles, some barriers. Next, I want you to consider what resources you have that could help you achieve those goals. So we're looking at the challenges and then we're looking at the resources. And the resources could be individual, personal skills, could be other people who could help you, can be financial resources, time resources, whatever it might be. What are the things at our disposal that can help us reach these goals, and overcome those obstacles. And the next thing I want is for you to consider what you're willing to sacrifice to accomplish those goals. And I want you to be specific. For me, sacrifice is essential to success in any endeavor. Because everything in our lives exists in a balance. And when we want something different in our lives, when we want some goal, we have to ask ourselves, what do I really want? And what am I willing to give up to get that thing? That's what it really comes down to. Sometimes it's sacrificing time. Sometimes it's, oftentimes, it's sacrificing something that would maybe be More enjoyable in the moment, delaying that instant gratification for what we ultimately want down the road. Sometimes it's separating ourselves from situations or even people who might be holding us back and really being obstacles to what we want to achieve and where we want to go. So we have to be honest about that. And sometimes we have things where maybe we're not willing to give up certain things that would help us reach that goal, and that's okay. But we have to be honest and say, if I want to achieve this thing, it appears that I might have to give up A, B, C. And if I'm not really willing to give those things up, Maybe I need to be honest and reassess what my goals should be. And that's okay. Then we're going to talk about in class some ways that you can specifically set up the management and accountability of your goals. And there's a lot of different, there's a lot of things out there. Some things are going to work different for other people. But I want, really more than anything, I want you to try something. And if you find that this particular management strategy for your goals doesn't work for you, that's okay. You can always change. But you're not going to know what works if you're not trying something. I don't think we can really have a goal And not put in some sort of plan to reach it. It makes it very difficult to accomplish anything. If we're just saying, well, this is what I want. But I'm not taking tangible, functional, measurable steps to get there. So for me, and maybe I'll post a picture of this on socials and things like that. So people can see it who are just listening to this. And I know it's going to be hard to see on the video. But my goal management strategy is something like This looks like just sort of a lot of scribbles on a yellow legal pad for those who are just listening. I like to use notebooks and legal pads and sketchbooks to mark down notes for things. And what i found works best for me is not even necessarily writing out specific goals but giving myself areas of focus things i know are important to me and then just sort of for myself monitoring how often i'm working on those areas so on the sheet for me i have i always have sort of bigger broader goals that are maybe for things i want to focus on for a year then I kind of break that down by the month. So I have on this sheet of paper, this is from August. So just right on top, August 2021. And then I have things I want to focus on. The first thing I always write is my kids, my own children. And then I'll put kind of a subcategory of that. So I put kids and then I just put quality. To me, that's just a reminder, especially at the beginning of the school year. I'm coaching football. School's going. My kids have sports. We're very busy in the fall. So I just put quality under kids. And that's a reminder for myself that we may not have as much time together hanging out as we would like. But it's important for me to make our time together quality time. So that's not a specific goal, but it's a, a specific point of focus for me. And then... I'll kind of just put tally marks. That one, I didn't even put tally marks next to this month. I just put it on there so I can see it every day to remind myself, hey, whatever time I've got with the kids today, make it quality time. Make sure we're getting something out of it and we're enjoying our time together. But then I have other categories of focus. So I have health, art, media, home, school, learn. Those are the categories I picked out for August. Under health, then I broke down categories. I put Uh, Med, which is, for me, just shorthand for meditate. Then I put MA, shorthand for martial arts. Underneath that, I put TKD TKD and BJJ. Two martial arts that I train in, taekwondo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Then I put flex core, which for me is like yoga, flexibility, core training. Then I put strength. Then I put conditioning. Those are the categories under health. And to me, it's a reminder to... I've been kind of focusing on doing a variety of things for my physical and mental health. So meditation, martial arts, training, kind of the yoga, flexibility training, strength training, and conditioning. And then I just literally put a tally mark next to those categories whenever I do something that lends themselves to it. So if I'm... I usually meditate pretty much every morning. It's part of my routine. I think I missed one this month. If I look back at my tallies, there was one morning where whatever got up and got going right away and didn't take the time to meditate. But I think other than that, I hit every day this month. That's a way to hold myself accountable. I can look and say, okay, did I do a pretty good job with my meditation this month? Or is that something I need to reassert my focus on? or that's something that's pretty much a habit. I can look at my other, you know, if it's my martial arts training or things like that. Do I have a lot of days where I've hit that? Maybe I want to do a little bit more. I can go like that for each category. So art, that's sort of the creative things that I do. So I have like blog posts under there, book, and art. There I've got some tally marks next to the blog post stuff I do, to the different visual art stuff I do. I wrote book on there. Because that's something, as an author, I'm always trying to write and kind of have something going for the next book. I've got an outline for a book, but that's something I didn't spend a lot of time on this month. So that reminds me that, hey, maybe next month I can reassert myself on that. I don't need to go through every category, but that I've discovered is what works for me. I give myself these headings, these points of focus for a month. And then during the month, I'll write down for each week. I'll just write out the days. And then I can mark down what I need to focus on that day. And then by the end of the week, I've got a pretty nice list of things that I've been working on. And as far as specific goals, I'll get a little more specific. Like right now, <clears throat> right now, one of my focuses is averaging six hours a week. On my media work. Meaning the blogs, meaning podcast stuff, interviews with people. I try to be specific about that because it is a busy time of year for me, as I mentioned. And I feel like if I I focus in, if I give myself about one work day a week, if I find that through time on the weekends, time on the evenings, in total... I figure if you're at work, a regular sit-down job, or you know, regular career job that we might go to, a nine to five type of job, you're there for you know eight hours, nine hours, whatever it might be. But if I'm focusing on an eight hour workday, I'm probably doing you're maybe doing six hours of work because you've got lunch in there and you've got, you know, other things. There's always downtime in jobs. So if I'm like, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna set aside one work day to work on my media stuff because that's something I want to continue doing. That's an area in which I want to continue growing. Six hours a week. And then I say on average. If I've got a week that's really busy with a lot of stuff, I can still be hammered away, but then I mark down how much time I do each day. And there are some days where I will literally put 0.25, meaning one-fourth of an hour, where I, On that day, I only got in 15 minutes of media work, but it adds up. So if I'm really busy at the beginning of the week and I've done 15 minutes one day and did 30 minutes the next day, maybe I got an hour one day, by the time I get to Friday, at least maybe have a couple of hours. And then if it's on the weekend... Sometimes I can find three, four hours at a time to sit down and really work and give myself office hours to sort of meet that goal. And maybe there's a week where I only get five hours of working. But instead of beating myself up because of that, I say next week. Maybe I can find a little more time to average out that six hours. Maybe I get seven or eight hours in of work this week because I don't have as busy a weekend. Maybe my kids are with their mom, so I have a little more time. Then I can hit that average. And that's what I'm shooting for. So we're going to talk about in class ways that you can help manage your goals. But it really starts with identifying what they are. Identify Specific goals or specific areas of focus for you. I know I've had some students right now who have been who are seniors who are thinking about what's the next step gonna be. And they're at the beginning of their senior year of high school, but that's a time to really be thinking about where do I want to go from here? What do I want to do next? Well, that can be an area of focus. Maybe it's not a specific goal that, like, by December I want to have a plan. It doesn't need to be that, but maybe it's writing down i want to focus on figuring out what i want to do next year and then you can just make tally marks or you can write down here's how much time i spent on it or then it can you can break it down into smaller pieces of did i did i look at different options for college or career options did i look at post-secondary programs if that's one of the aspects you want to focus on, you can make marks. It gives you something to measure. So That's what we're doing this week. Moving towards self-management. Looking at something tangible. Our goals, our aspirations, our areas of focus. Let's have another great week of school. Or another great week for anybody who's listening to this. Much love. Our blog post this week is fight pain with pain. We all face difficult times. We all have challenges. We all face hardship. Often, the best way to really overcome those challenges is through more pain, through more hardship. That's a difficult reality sometimes. There's a part of all of us that wants to be comfortable. That wants to avoid hurt and pain. And that's okay. But it's important for us to recognize that the most difficult things are overcome Through difficult actions. And I don't mean fight pain with pain in any sort of sadistic way. I don't mean cruelty or anger. Nothing like that. What I mean is we have to focus on the difficult reality of the situation. And address the root of the problem. And that is very difficult. That is often painful. If we want to change something about our physical health, for instance, we might have to change our diet. We might have to start exercising. Exercising is a very simple example of this. If we haven't actively been exercising for a long time, the first time that we run or lift weights can be painful. The next day or next couple days, we can be incredibly sore. I think of times in my life where I haven't been able to work out due to an injury or a surgery or something like that. And then when I jump back into it, oh my goodness, I have days where I lift weights for the first time in a while. and It's like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to tear my hamstring if I bend over today because I'm so sore. That becomes more of an issue as we get older. But the way to overcome the pain of not feeling how we want to feel physically. And I'm someone who I've had physical health Issues I've talked about before. That's a painful thing. To not feel how we want to feel. To not be able to do the things physically we want to do. And I don't think people need to all have the same expectations or feelings about that. But it's hard when we lose functionality or we lose things we want to be able to do. That's painful. But the only way to really get that back, to improve our health or improve functionality that we've lost, is through painful activities, is by exercising, is by creating new routines and new habits, which is also difficult. The same is true of our mental health. If we don't feel how we want to feel, if we're not experiencing and enjoying life in the way we would like to, we often have to ask ourselves difficult questions about why we feel that way. We have to do things like maybe it's going to therapy and unlocking certain things from our past or certain behaviors that are difficult. It's hard to, sometimes hard to be honest about our own behaviors or our own personal trauma. Facing those things, facing past traumas is very difficult. But it's often the only way to really address the pain we're feeling on a day-to-day basis. That's what I mean when I say fight pain with pain. It's not looking to increase the hurt in your life. It's looking to address the hurt in a real meaningful way that leads to real change. And we have to get to a point where we understand That the pain of transformation, while difficult, is much less painful than the pain of stagnation. Than staying in a state that is not where we want to be. That is not who we want to be. It might be painful to change those things. But the reward of that pain, the payoff, is going to outweigh the struggle. I promise you that. So just keep that in mind. Anything in your life that you want to change, anything that isn't what you'd like it to be, be honest with yourself and recognize that the journey to your ultimate aspiration, to the ultimate version of you, Is a difficult one. But. That pain has a payoff. There's a reward. And that's going to be so much better than the current pain. You might be feeling now. So stay focused. Understand that. Pain is okay. It's okay to be honest with the pain we're feeling now. And it's important to accept the pain that it's going to require to get where we want to be. But you can do it. And you can get through it. Much love. This week's podcast is brought to you by the platypus. Find the majestic beaver duck kangaroo in you. Now, from me to you, as we wrap up this episode, just take some time this week to focus on yourself a little bit. Think of some of the things we've talked about. Find the helpers when things seem overwhelming, when things seem difficult. Be a helper yourself. Find the things that you have to offer and give them to the world. Give them to other people. The world will be better and you'll be better for it. Focus on your goals or just your areas of focus. You don't need to wait for a special time. You don't need to wait for New Year or the start of a month or you to finish one task before you move on to another. Write them down. Be clear and honest about the areas in which you want to focus. Then find a way to hold yourself accountable. And you don't need to beat yourself up. It can be as simple as making a tally mark every time that you focus, that you do a task for one of those areas of focus. And it's okay to celebrate those things and to reward yourself yourself. For doing a good job. And for just being on the path. You don't need to wait until your dream comes true to celebrate. Celebrate the journey. Celebrate the fact that you're taking steps in the right direction. Because that's what it's all about. Understand that your journey might be a painful one. The most significant journeys are. The biggest changes are difficult and painful. But you're capable. You have the skills and the strength to make the journey. And while the, the trip may be difficult, the road may be hard, you're going to get stronger. And the pain of achieving things and of growing is much more satisfying than the pain of staying in the situation that you're in. The unhappy situation. Whatever is eating at you, that's painful. And the journey out of it is painful. But there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's satisfaction and, and growth and reward at the end of that journey. So that's it for this week. Thank you for joining in with me. I mentioned earlier in the podcast episode some of the wonderful conversations we've been having in class. And I do want to continue to make this podcast, this format, more interactive. So if anyone has anything they want to share, whether it's a good news story, whether they want to talk about their goals or how they manage them, whether they want to talk about a painful journey that they that you've taken that's led you to a happier version of yourself. Feel free to connect. Email me at Luke Nielsen Media at gmail. Reach out on any of the socials or the streaming services. It's pretty much Luke Nielsen Media at everything. LukeNielsen.com. I'd love to hear from people and feature some of their stories. Until then, love yourself, love each other, love the fight.